Hey everybody, this is Misty Burrell with Kelly Jacobson, and this is Mindful Living's first ever podcast, episode one. I just want to introduce myself. I am the owner of Mindful Living Wellness Center here in Salt Lake City, and our purpose here for this podcast is to share information about staying well in whatever way that looks like for the viewer. I was going to say viewer, but I guess you're listener right now. <laughs> um, so something that we wanted to kind of change on or to talk about today is how our world is changing and how rapidly it's changing. And with the spread of the COVID-19, it's hard not to worry about what this means for ourselves and the people we love. Worry and anxiety are common even in the best of times. Today, we wanted to talk about ways people can manage worry and anxiety in these uncertain times. So just so you know, a disclaimer, the information in this podcast should not be relied on as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you're suffering from any mental illness, we recommend that you seek medical advice before using these resources. We make no warranties that this information is correct, complete, or reliable, or suitable for any purpose. So you guys, today I'm going to be talking with Kelly Jacobson, and she is one of our licensed clinical social workers and practices psychotherapy here at Mindful Living. And today she's going to talk to us about ways we can live with worry and anxiety amidst uncertainties. Hi, Misty. It's really exciting to be a part of um, this first podcast that we're doing together. And I have to admit, I'm a little bit nervous because I have never really recorded anything um, and posted it online um, about what I do or the work that I do. So I'm a little nervous. I'm just going to acknowledge that <laughs> since we're talking about anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Putting it to the test. <laughs> right. But I think this topic is important because, um, man, I, I am like a professional worrier by trade. And so this topic really hits home for me, especially with all of the uncertainty that's going on in the world today. You know, this week has been a rough week, I think, for myself and a lot of people that I know. And certainly I can only imagine as a new business owner <laughs> what anxiety or fears you may have been um, kind of dealing with this last week. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, yeah. So can you going forward with that, can you explain to us what worry is for those listening? Yeah, good question. So the amazing thing about humans is we have the ability to think about future events. We can think ahead, which allows us to plan or anticipate obstacles. Being able to think ahead allows us to plan solutions. So it can be really helpful. It helps us achieve our goals. Thinking ahead can be helpful. So for example, I mean, since we're talking about the virus that's happening right now, hand washing and social distancing are helpful things we think ahead about in how to prevent the spread of the virus. So that's helpful. Um, however, worrying is a way of thinking ahead that can leave us feeling really anxious. When we worry excessively, we often think about the worst case scenarios and feel like we can't cope. I know for me, when I worry, um, it feels like I just get super tense. Mm -hmm. I feel like my body just literally physically my muscles tense yeah. and, um, a lot of times my stomach will hurt, yeah. but, um, how can, how can people know if they're thinking ahead and if it's being helpful or if they're just flat out worrying? 
That's a good question because the reality is, is people today with what's happening are facing real problems. So when we worry, it can feel like a chain of thoughts and images which can compress, like progress in increasingly catastrophic and unlikely directions. So like some people um, find their worry is uncontrollable. It just sort of like takes on a life of its own. And right now in this time of uncertainty, many of us have noticed ourselves thinking the worst case scenarios. So to kind of give you an example of this, I like to think worry, think of worry as like a chain where one thought links to another thought and then to another. So for example, some of the worries that I've had is like, I have a headache. Then the next thought was like, well, what if I have coronavirus? And then the next thought was, well, oh my God, what if I have it and I passed it along to all the people at work? And then what if they passed it on to everyone else? And then the next thing you know, I'm thinking about the world ending and everyone I know dying. So that's kind of how worry look, how, you know, what worry can look like. I know, um, like everything you said is exactly how I feel too. Like you start thinking about these chain of events um, with the earthquake that yeah. just happened here. Those of you who are listening here in Salt Lake City last Wednesday, we had an earthquake yeah. to add on to everything. And so now every time I hear the dump truck, I will be honest, I start to panic a little bit. And then I have yeah. to kind of think through this process of like my worry and okay, that's just a dump truck. But then I reflect you know, is there anything I can do? Anyway, not to get off track too much, but um, it's just interesting how these things that happen to us and and what we can do with those worries. Um, yeah. I I just notice that um, when I worry, it's not just in my head, but I, I do. Like I said, I feel it in my body. And c- can you kind of go back to that on, on how, just explain to our listeners about that and how we feel it in our bodies and yeah. what we do with that? Yeah, so I was kind of describing how worry happens in our head, like a chain of events. And you gave a good example of like just everything that's going on, the earthquake and how that leads to thoughts. But you're right. We don't we also not only feel anxiety in our heads with worry, but we also feel in our bodies. And you mentioned your stomach hurting. You know, I always feel like tightness in my chest. For me, historically, it's like I can't concentrate on anything because I'm thinking about, I'm worrying, 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 thinking about things that may not happen. And so I can't concentrate on actually what I need to do. Um, For some people, it interrupts their sleep. They have trouble sleeping because they can't shut their minds off. And then it also can feel, leave you feeling like physically drained, like just tired. It's funny that you mentioned tired because (laughs) when you were saying the chain of events and how... I get tired and I know that's the number one thing with the coronavirus is like feeling extreme exhaustion. So I have to kind of step back and be like, okay, am I just tired? Am I exhausted (laughs) or am I sick? Anyway, um, something that I wanted to touch on, I know that certain things trigger my anxiety. I was diagnosed with PTSD last Mm. year and that's been something that's been difficult to work through. And then of course, opening a business and all of these things, I have noticed that, um, that, these events have triggered that anxiety and that PTSD and I've yeah. felt it come back strong, like full yeah. force. And I'm like, no, I've, yeah. I've overcome this. How, yeah. how can I move on? How can anyone listening that have dealt with things and maybe truly they've dealt with it and they're doing well now, yeah. but then these events, yeah. they are current events that have been happening, happening, um, are causing these traumatic yeah. or, or possibly just slightly anxiety. I mean, it doesn't have to be super deep, but um, yeah. you know, what, 
first of all, I guess, what can trigger these anxieties and worries? And then what do we do with that? Yeah, I think you bring up like something that I'm sure a lot of people are dealing with right now is like things that you sort of felt like you had a handle on now they're coming back and that's really normal. Like I have already, you kind of described with PTSD, you came up with some good strategies and coping skills and now these things are happening that are bringing that stuff up. I'm the same way. Like I'm a professional worrier, done a lot of work to control <laughs> my worry and my anxiety, but I'm not going to lie. Like it's kicking back up. And some, I, I think there's kind of like, three things that are happening right now in our world that can create that in people and even people who generally don't struggle with worry. This might be new to them. So the first thing is like ambiguity. So when things that are happening around us that are open for interpretation, like we don't have a clear picture. So I think an example of what's happening right now for me, like I'm trying to understand the virus and what I need to do and I keep hearing and finding and seeing and reading conflicting information. And so there's things that are not very clear and open for interpretation. So that's one thing, ambiguity. The other thing is like when something is novel and new, so we don't have an experience to fall back on. Like I don't think many of us or any of us really have lived through a pandemic before. Like we always hear about it or see about it, but it's always happening somewhere else. And now it's affecting us and we have no past experience to fall back to. Right. So it's new. I don't, I can't say like, oh, I've been through this before. I know I can get it get through it because here's what I did. We don't have that to fall back on. And the other thing is like unpredictability. Like it's just not really clear how things will turn out right now. And that's a huge trigger for people. So I've heard you say that some worry is normal and some worry can be a problem. I, I can't help but think that there are real issues going on. Like you mentioned, shouldn't I be worried? I, like, how do I know when my worry is helpful or when it's not helpful? Yeah. Um, I think right now the reality is, is people are facing real problems. There are real things happening right now that are affecting people's lives. And so I think what can help us sort of sort through these and, and figure out, like, what should I worry about and what should I not is kind of, I, I like to think about categorizing things into, like, real problems and hypothetical worries because right now I mean people are not working they are facing real problems and some of the problems people facing are hypothetical so if you can sort of when you're worrying um, thinking about categorizing it into real problem worries or hypothetical worries and let me give you some examples of that so like a real problem worry for someone are actual problems that need a solution now so, you know, for example, given the very real concern of the virus, there are helpful solutions like hand washing and social distancing. That's a real problem that I can do something about. A hypothetical worry is around like, let's say the current health crisis might be thinking about the worst case scenario. And like we talked about, and that's also like in cognitive behavioral therapy referred to as catastrophic thinking. Um, so, for example, imagining the worst case scenario is like people dying. And so that is a possibility, but it's not happening right now for you. So that's an example. So another real world problem might be like my children are off school. I need to find daycare or I don't have enough food in the house to last more of a few more than a few days. That's a real problem that I need to act on. A hypothetical is. What if I do lose my job, end up destitute, 
or I'm young and healthy, what if I end up on a ventilator? That, that is something that could happen, but it's not happening right now. So how do I know when my worry becomes a problem? Yeah. So normal worry helps to get what you want. Excessive worry leaves you feeling demoralized, upset, exhausted, all of those things. Okay. So I, I now understand what normal worry is and what might be excessive. If I find myself worried and, you know, worrying about the hypothetical worries, what can I do? There's lots of different things that someone could try, and I think you have to experiment. I think people have to experiment with what works for them because what works for me not might not work for you. Okay. But just to give some tips to think about is the first one is just maintaining balance. It's really easy, I think, to get hyper-focused on one thing, like keeping up to date on news information and just watching that 24-7 and then letting go of the things that you normally can find balance and solitude in like exercising or reading. So maintaining balance, like we're social creatures. So right now, like we're being asked to stay at home, which limits our social interactions. So maybe staying in touch with people, you know, checking with your family on the phone or connecting online. You know, I know like my daughter, you know, she's a social, social creature. And so not being in school has been really, really hard for her. So she set up time like Facebooking her friends. So she's staying connected socially. So you mentioned family. What about people who don't have family? And you did kind of talk about the social media and whatnot, but what about people that are maybe already feeling isolated before this started? Maybe they don't have that reach on social media. Yeah, I think one thing that that I've really had to look at or thought about is just the people who, this already is like their daily experience, like people with chronic health conditions who already are living in isolation and what that must be like for them. And so um, one thing I wanna throw out is just that there are a lot of community resources available to people who are maybe feeling like they don't have anyone or they don't have anyone to reach out or they're feeling isolated. Salt Lake County um, has a like a warm line. It's it's different than a crisis line. It's um, kind of manned by peer support specialists who you can just call and talk to about anything. It doesn't have to be a crisis. It can just be to talk to another human. And so I want to give that number out. It's 801-587-1055. And that's a warm line that you can call and talk to anyone about anything. And we can post that on our Facebook page as well. We'll have that um, these resources that we mention available yeah. for you guys to to look up. Okay. So staying connected. Um, another thing is just like we talked about practice identifying whether your worry is a real problem that needs a solution right now, or whether it's a hypothetical worry, like something that isn't happening now. It could happen in the future, but it's not actually happening. Um, and focusing on the things that you can actually solve. And that leads me into another thing, which is just like, I know this is gonna sound strange, but like practice postponing your worry. So when we're caught up in our thoughts, like that worry is instant. So it can make you feel like you have to engage in it right now. Um, so if you can kind of say, set aside a time to practice your worry, so you can postpone it, like deliberately set aside time each day to let yourself worry. So maybe 30 minutes at the end of the day, 
I can like really worry about even the, the hypotheticals, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that way, like the rest of the 23 and a half uh, hours of the day, I can let go of it until my worry time. So I have to interject if you don't yeah, mind, Kelly. I love that. When I was in college and I, I did see a therapist and uh -huh. some of the tools that she gave me were so helpful. And one of them was scheduling my time yeah. for my worry. <laughs> and literally she told me to write down and schedule a time that whatever was bothering me mm -hmm. and put a time in and the odds were that I actually ended up not worrying about it as much as I yeah. thought I was. So it kind of helped to get it out. And then the things that really did need my attention um, that maybe weren't as like you were saying the hypotheticals. Um, I did take time and think about and kind of, I was able to work with and, and manage, yeah. but I, I love that you brought that up. Cause I, I did find in my own life that that helped so much. Another, I love that you said that because another strategy, and I think this works for adults, but I especially think it can be helpful for kids is like the worry jar. So just writing down your worries and putting them in a jar and then taking them out later and you know trying to maybe categorize them into real worries or hypothetical worries. So that's another great that's idea. wonderful. Yeah, okay. Um, the other thing is just challenging worry thinking. You know, so a traditional cognitive behavioral technique is to write down your worries and find a different way to respond to them. Um, and so, you know, if my worry is like, you know, what if I end up on a ventilator? You know, so then I might challenge that thought of like, well, you could, but you know, are you right now on a ventilator? Like, what can you what can you do to prevent being on a ventilator? Like, really challenge those questions. Okay. Like, yeah. And there's lots of worksheets online if you just Google like the cognitive triangle or challenging negative thinking. There's tons of worksheets out there and resources that kind of walk through this model in more detail. Um, another strategy is practicing mindfulness. Um, mindfulness can help us let go of worries and bring ourselves back to the present moment. So, you know, sometimes people think like meditation, I have to meditate, and it's not even, you don't even have to do that. It's something as simple as just pausing, paying attention to either the gentle like movement of your breath or the sounds you hear around you, just being present in the moment, like taking a minute to, you know, look at the color of your daughter's hair and you know <laughs> their smile on their face and just pause in the moment because that takes us away from you know our worry thoughts so when they the old adage stop and smell the roses really meant something huh <laughs> exactly exactly and then i think the last thing is just routine i mean most of our lives our routine has just been turned upside down i know that mine has with my kids being home from school and I'm in the middle of a job change, and so my routine is way off, and I'm definitely a person of routine. So I think it's important to like set a regular routine at home, like maybe involving your kids um, in your routine planning and setting a schedule for the day. Um, I think that also helps us feel productive, like we're still contributing and you know being productive, which is important for us. So maybe if you're listening and you don't have children, um and you have an animal, you could set up a good routine with your animal because I know they will be grateful. I'm currently working <laughs> with my dog <laughs> to go on walks at a certain time to help um, her as, uh, like you said, all of our routines are kind of changing. I'm so glad you brought that up because I think I have like kids on the brain and not everyone has kids <laughs> to do that because I'm trying to manage like helping them with their homework. <laughs> right. So I think, yeah, so I'm glad that you brought that up. And then I think also just noticing what your worry triggers are like social media and news. And I know for me, 
like news and information is helpful, but when I get absorbed in it, then I just worry, 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 because I just see the worst of everything. And so for me, I try to limit, you know, not looking at it all day, maybe just watch it, you know, finding one reliable source and leaning on that instead of social media, for example, where right. I find a lot of contradicting information. Okay, <laughs> so when you mentioned like um, making sure, you know, the source that you're getting it from, just kind of, I guess, a little plug, make sure that you are finding a reliable source because I think some of the fear and the worry that's hypothetical is the uncertainty of where we're getting our information. Yeah. So yeah. be mindful <laughs> of where you're getting your information right. for sure. Um, so I have a question for you. So I, I'm just kind of wondering for those who have never experienced mindfulness, um, you could, or sorry, could you give an example of maybe um, show me one mindfulness activity that maybe the listeners at home could try? Yeah. So the tips that I've given you today are really been working on a cognitive level, like working on, you know, what our thoughts are and what's happening in our brain. And you actually brought this up earlier today when we first got together about like, I think there's an expectation, especially as women, that we place on ourselves that it's not okay to feel a certain way. Like I should have, I think you actually use the words like I should have my stuff together. <laughs> yes. Like I shouldn't feel <laughs> the, worried. She's, she's referring to when I was at the post office this morning and I almost had a mental breakdown <laughs> inside the post office. Yeah. Like, and there's this part of us that wants to be like, kind of shame ourselves for feeling anxious, to, for feeling worried, for feeling sad, to feeling overwhelmed. Like we wanna just push that. So challenging thoughts is one way, but I also think taking a moment and just acknowledging how we feel. So if you don't mind, we'll do that for a minute. Absolutely. Okay. So just sit in a comfortable position and just allow yourself to breathe normally and naturally and don't try to change anything. Just sit with your breath. And I want you to just call to your mind how you were feeling at the post office today. Maybe put a word to that thought. Is crazy okay? No. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, tell me more about crazy. What does crazy feel like to you? I didn't feel like I was in control in that moment, yeah. for sure. So just sit with the feeling of not feeling in control and notice where you feel that in your body. I feel it in like my hips and stomach area. So sit with the feeling of not having control as it feels in your hips and your pelvis and your stomach. And describe what what that what you feel. The sensations you feel. The tense, mm -hmm. the muscles contracting, just mm -hmm. feeling a lot of tension. To sit with the feeling of tension, contraction, and offer that part of your body some sort of support, whether that's a hand. And just sit with that feeling of support. It's okay to hold myself a little yeah. bit, okay? Yeah. Just sit with the feeling of 
another hand alongside that sense of feeling no control or tension or tightness. Allow yourself to feel that support. Just breathe into knowing you're supported, feeling and feeling supported. Yeah, I feel a lot of um, comfort. Mm. Like, and maybe this is an answer for another podcast, but why? (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. So I think I do think this is another whole another topic for another episode. But when we talk about like the mind body connection, you know, so cognitive behavioral therapy is a wonderful technique. It helps us because what cognitive behavioral therapy really says is that how we think affects how we feel. So a lot of times when we're doing these strategies of like, okay, what are the thoughts that are creating my worry? How much validity is there? We're challenging it. People can like logically understand like, okay, like I'm thinking I'm catastrophizing, but I still don't feel different. Like I understand that what, you know, my thoughts are irrational, but I still feel anxious. Right, (laughs) right. And so the way that we work with that is just acknowledging it, right? Like, where am I feeling this in my body and how do I give myself the support? That's amazing. And for those of you listening, thank you for walking through my own little personal therapy session with (laughs) Kelly because that was amazing. (laughs) But um, I really did feel a sense of comfort being able to kind of be in touch with my body as I was going through those emotions. And I'll be honest, I was a little scared to go back to that moment. I almost started crying (laughs) because it was really stressful for me. But being able to walk back in my mind, get in touch, kind of dig deep in the sense of asking, you know, what was causing, where do I feel it? And that is mindfulness, just being aware, being present. That was amazing. Thank you so much for taking a minute to walk with me (laughs) through that. You're welcome. Thanks for, yeah, just thanks for being here. So, Well, everybody listening, thank you so much for being with us for our very first podcast, for walking down a little bit of memory with me (laughs) and experiencing some, um, hopefully, some things that will help you go through the next week. We are hoping to do this once a week and bring you some information that will help you right now in our current events get through all of this kind of chaos and um, manage your worry and be able to recognize what is the worry that you should pay attention to and what's the worry that maybe you need to just uh, set on the shelf and think about later and decide if it's worth worrying about or not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like I said before, we will have some of these, um, these support numbers available to you on our Facebook page. And as always, you can check in at our website, www.mindutah.com. And our Facebook page here that this is posted, you'll be able to uh, scroll through and see what, um, what kinds of therapy is offered here at Mindful Living and what kind of things can help you. And I know that going forward, Kelly will also have some of her things listed that you can do not only physical, you know, in-person therapy, but she's going to be offering some um, telecommunications. Tell tell us about that. I guess I should plug plug myself over here. Yes, please. (laughs) So so I am offering telehealth sessions right now. Um, So that would just be, you know, online, basically through a HIPAA compliant platform. 
But I, I guess I want to just let people know that I offer a free consultation. Um, so that would just be an opportunity for us to meet, for you to share what's going on, and us to decide if it's something I can help you with or if I can at least even help you with just some other community resources because I know right now is a really hard time. And so you could schedule that. Um, we'll make the phone number available or you can download the Mindful Living Wellness Center app, which we'll also make available somehow. <laughs> we'll get it there. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again, Kelly, for being with us. And thanks to you all for listening. Have a wonderful, mindful week.